Hello and welcome to the ITC podcast. I'm your host Thomas and today I am joined by Lauren and Martin. Hi guys, how are we doing? How are we doing? Hello, good. So, Lauren and Martin, could you kind of explain who you are and what you do? So, I'm Lauren, obviously I'll let Martin introduce himself. We're from Gated Council Learning Skills. And I'm Martin Smith, um, myself and Lauren share territories if you like, so we're the business development team. Um, myself and Lauren work in the Gateshead area. Uh, Lauren takes care of the uh, Gateshead, South Tyneside, Sunderland. I look after Gateshead, Newcastle, Tyneside. Any businesses within those remits, we try and do as much as we can. So we're not necessarily bound by just Gateshead alone. I work across the northeast. So, learning skills for anyone out there who doesn't actually know, like what what does learning skills predominantly do, and what does it stand for? So Learning Skills is the further education wing of Gateshead Council, so anything that isn't necessarily school related, uh, we then take over and support wherever possible. Um, there's a phrase that people use at Learning Skills as cradle the grave, so we provide everything ranging from baby massage and baby yoga right through to vocational courses um, in uh, things like uh, silversmithing and pottery uh, for people who've got a little bit more time on their hands, to put it politely. I think um, we're all just learners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, it really does. So within learning skills itself, we've got business development, which we're a part of. So our sole job is trying to promote it as much as we can, the services of learning skills, particularly the apprenticeships and the upskilling and CPD programs that we offer businesses. Um, you've got the Skills for Life team, who are basically associated with looking after anything vocational. So people who are actually looking at maths, English training, people who might have special educational needs and need a little bit more support, which brings them on the next team, which is the Senate team. So they're the special educational needs team. Um, anyone who has any complex learning needs, they will cater for them and provide as much opportunity as possible to progress. Um, we've got the employability team who are fantastically skilled people and tutors who basically prepare candidates, um, soon to be employees, interviews, and um, they give them confidence, do interview practice with them. And we've got the community learning team, as I mentioned, which offer um, courses such as silversmithing, pottery, um, crafts, crafts, arts. Um, we've got school workforce development, so there's a team specifically catered for developing teaching staff and education staff. Um, they also do the apprenticeships with us, the teaching assistant and the school um, school management programs. And we've got vocational learning, which is where the, the bulk of the apprenticeships stem from. So anything ranging from business admin to IT to digital marketing. That's all delivered by the vocational learning team. And then we've also got the data and funding team who without their work, we couldn't actually function. They compile all of those services together and put in the funding requests to the various governmental departments, basically let us do what we do best. So we, we are now actually the largest local authority training provider in England for apprenticeships, which we're really proud of. So just hope we get the word out a little bit more. Because a lot of people are quite surprised when we come out to see businesses like yourself in heaven think why on earth are Gator Council coming to see us so we are here and we are available. I wasn't uh, actually quite expecting the, the range of apprenticeships that is very surprising to me because obviously I thought the general things like retail, IT, management and digital marketing. I wasn't quite aware of quite the range that you go through. But obviously the cradle of the grave, I didn't quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's not an official tagline. But uh, we have heard that bandied around because actually we do offer everything from child, um, child provision right through to people who've got a little bit more time on their hands and want to pick up a new craft, you know. Um, our predominant focus at the moment is very much um, the upskilling and the apprenticeship side of things, you know. So we um, 
for the past five, five or so years, I've been delivering apprenticeships to businesses across the Northeast. Um, in the past two years or so, with the apprenticeship reforms, we're now able to deliver training programs to employees who are already within businesses. So I would say we're doing quite a lot of work with that now at the moment. Uh, I think there's always a misconception that an apprentice has to be someone who's 16 to 24. That's completely not the case at all. And be a current staff member, I think, Actually, our oldest apprentice is 56 at the minute. Yeah. He's a teaching assistant in one of our Sunderland schools. Um, so it, it absolutely applies to anyone. I'm technically an apprentice at the moment. Um, I thought it was best to practice what I preach. So yeah, it's available for everyone. So for our listeners out there, I'd like to also mention that this podcast is in fact a tutorial. It's a tutorial podcast for the learning skills as you plan on picking podcasts up. Well, we hope to um, after the training sessions. So thank you very much. It's something that we wanted to introduce um, into our service, looking at increasing all aspects of digital within learning skills. One of the ways we thought we could reach more potential learners and businesses is by introducing a podcast. Um, hence, why we're doing tutorial software. As a business that's doing a lot of work with digital companies, I think it's time that other businesses caught up with the digital era, you know. And um, so by putting a podcast out there, you know, people are busy. So we'll recognise that a lot of the time when we don't get a chance to speak to businesses during the nine to five. And um, hopefully we'll put some nuggets out there for them to listen to on the way home. Or if we can, you know, give somebody that little bit of information that they've been seeking but not where to go. Um, just enough to get them to pick up the phone and give us a call. Maybe that's what the podcast should do. It is a very common thing when people do listen to podcasts in cars. Yeah. When I'm driving on a big bike, bike, <laughs> I usually always listen to music, but sometimes occasionally it's some of the interesting podcasts and gaming and game related things. I do want to catch up on the gaming news, but can't always use it work. So, I mean, I've got like a good half an hour drive as well as in the south. Well, me and Martin drive all around the north throughout the week, and that's all we do listen to podcasts quite a lot, and hence the reason why we're interested in that one out there. I think it's a demographic that we just haven't touched on yet, so it's definitely worth exploring. At the end of the day, look, it's not just a sales thing. What we're going to do, hopefully, in the podcast is give some solid information about what's available, who an apprentice actually can look like, what they can look like, how the programs are shaped up, you know, and how they could benefit. Or actually, on the other end of the scale, if you've always thought about doing an apprenticeship, but you don't really know what it's about, what it involves, what businesses you can work for, you're going to try and give a bit of insight that way, you know. A lot of people don't realise the amount of funding that's actually available out there which will cover a majority of the cost of the apprenticeship training and it's great for businesses to invest in the current staff members and add value to the, to the organisation and then in return gain loyalty back from the staff while getting that training from them. It's a great way to get information out there as well. It's, everyone can spend some time online and find something. Rather than having to read through documents and documents of different things that people do and try and look into for apprenticeships, it's a lot easier to try and just listen. The information does get prepared quite easier over audio than it does visually. Yeah. So I think it's definitely an amazing way of trying to form not only businesses but generations out there that can look into apprenticeships or just generally everyone that wants a new skill set. What I would say about apprenticeships is just just get get in touch because I've had so many people who either undersell us themselves or might find themselves in a career almost a cult tack where they can't get any further, you know. Um, and again, as Lauren's already mentioned, we've got some apprentices who've been in the 40s, 50s, 
who've revisited us and actually seen it as a new way, a fresh start, you know. So you've been through the process with us, so how did you find it? So my first uh, journey in the apprenticeships was, I was looking for a job for the longest time when I last job, the business contractor. It was months and months going to job seekers, looking at trying to get a job and just not finding anything. Then eventually I said to them, look, I want an apprenticeship, I need to get something and I need to try and make something. I need to get a job basically. It's the first day in the apprenticeship company after months of being a job seeker and we need an apprenticeship uh, interview. Turned up the interview, didn't quite nail it because my CV was pathetic. <laughs> but the, not only did they not really care about the, the CV, they asked us to try and do some proof to say that I can actually do what I say I can do. Sent that in, job straight away. I was in the next Monday. How are you finding it so far? How long have you been on it now? So I've been on it about seven, say seven months. And you're absolutely flying through the work from the tutors, it's fantastic. Oh, and do you feel like the apprenticeship um, has benefited you more? Just getting a job, if you like, in general? Not only just getting a job, if I was to get a job, I would struggle with it because it's learning a whole certain aspects. Even if I was to go back to school, university, college, it would be a lot harder because it's less practical work. I feel like I learn a lot better through practical hands-on work than I do sitting at a computer trying to theoretically do things. Yeah. So when I started here, I was given a client, not immediately, but after I've shown myself and myself to work on our company. It's a lot of doing SEO work on our company, social media work, uh, coming up with new ideas like podcasts and since then, it's been moving on to bigger clients, bigger clients, more clients. It's continuously grown. So I feel like I've learned a lot more than possibly through school. And if the company hadn't invested time or energy into doing that, then sales would generate it. So I think that's one thing to take away from a business point of view. But the value of the apprentice is sort of the sky's the limit with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, had they not given me the opportunity to try and train me to take my time to do it, have seen the turnarounds, I mean, of the videos, we've had sales of the videos I've made. Yeah, exactly. uh, just simple things like that, which ordinarily wouldn't have been thought of, has then turned around generated more income. And that's then proved to them as well that even this kid who has a pathetic CV could turn around and make something of himself. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now, training us about how to do a podcast. <laughs> I think for us, the satisfaction comes from when you meet an employer who otherwise would have just recruited straight from university or someone who's had a job elsewhere and someone who's had an amazingly embellished CV and you get an employer who's prepared to put that little bit of time in with somebody and actually develop the future if you like so when you get a managing director who turns around and says you know what it is I'm going to take that time to train my staff in my vision um, it's fantastic because that's one more person in employment um, for us so, oh. you guys are super in general, how many of you have got now? Towards the nine of you. I think there's nine of us, and we've had quite a few over the years. Yeah. Some graduated, went on to bigger places, went on to do things, or just went on to apprenticeships. Especially Jamie went from people on the floor. Yeah. And he's finished that, and he's still studying. And so Jamie's a perfect example of someone who isn't your typical apprentice age. Exactly. He's a little bit, obviously not old, but he's a little bit older than your, your general. Absolutely thriving now. I've just been speaking upstairs actually saying that he's now got his own flat, which is great, um, that's why. I mean, Jamie is also a great example because he's had a bit of a different background, which is not what you expect from an IT engineer. Obviously, he came from a background of being in the army, and you wouldn't imagine 
this army runs going into being an IT apprentice. It's something that you wouldn't imagine, and obviously for an employer, the last thing you're looking for in an IT apprentice is army qualifications. Yeah. I think looking back when we first interviewed about the assessment centre, it's really sure going into this industry, even though we had a passion for it. He was thinking, oh, they won't want to take me, I don't have any sort of background with that. And look at him now, he's absolutely thriving. He actually won one of our awards at the recent Learning Skills Award ceremonies for life. So it just goes to show that you don't have to be 16. Never joke, uh, judge. <laughs> <laughs> Never joke, judge, but it's good. Right? That's the one. <laughs> Exactly, absolutely. So back on the, the, the fact that we're doing this as a podcast tutorial, so what is it exactly you're looking to get out of the podcast wholly? What do you plan to get out of the tutorial? So I think from the tutorial, it was mainly, it's completely unknown territory for us. You know, we're, we're, we're venturing into something which otherwise neither of us have done before. We love listening to podcasts, but in terms of actually producing one, it's quite daunting, you know? Um, which is why we've come to your good self and learned a hell of a lot about the actual structure. Um, the, the format, um, editing, um, the how setup. To put it out there, how to yeah. publish it. It's not really something that you can really find online that easy, is it? I'm, no, I don't think that's I mean, there's, yeah, like you say, I've looked at a few YouTube videos, but none of them really go into the, the initial setup, and none of them put them in such a way where it's, you know, quite simplistic, like yourself, you know. Um, you can go to the far end of it, or, you know, with, with, with podcasts in terms of actually what you need to know and what you don't need to know. But I think one thing that we've appreciated from yourself is you've taken away the white noise of the look, you don't need to necessarily involve yourself with this level of detail. Unless you're a sound recording studio or looking to make commercial, you know, paid for podcasts. Absolutely. It's entirely based on like if you want to be the biggest professional badass podcast over there, obviously you want all the bells and whistles, you want all this expensive equipment, but if it's just something where it's gonna happen on the regular, it doesn't have to be the best thing in the world. It doesn't need to be all so grand, you don't have to spend thousands, you can spend a couple hundred if that's what you want to spend. But even for us, it wasn't even that much, it was just nice and cheap. We get it out there, see how people react, and yeah. it's been good reactions, it's been nice and fun to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think from yourself as well, the literature that is out there, you're not trying to sell a program or <laughs> trying to sell the equipment or software, so it's just what you use. He has a few options. It's all personal preference. There's thousands of softwares out there, but it's just find the easiest one for yourselves. Never try and look into something where it's just thousands of pounds, which people recommend. They're just trying to sell you products. Just if it's free and it's easy, it's good enough for me. <laughs> it works. We just want to get the message out there, try and reach as many people as possible. Because again, a lot of people don't realise that the local need to live for apprenticeships or other avenues of learning that we've gone through before. So it's just to reach that. So obviously you've uh, been mentioning that you've got um, experience listening to podcasts. Have you got any experience in any sort of podcast uh, recording or any sort of projects like that? Videos and things? Not really. No. We tend to just go out face to face to say businesses or speak up. Do Skype meetings sometimes. Oh, actually, I'm live to the webinar. If that counts. Yeah, I see um, that counts. We're sort of trying to dip into that again. It's part of digital strategy, that's one of the other avenues that we've been exploring. So we've done a webinar to our Sunderland A10 school 
South Tyneside to try and give them a message about spending funding that's available to introducing them in front the of the business or upskill a staff member. Other than that, tend to just do things the old fashioned way. Yeah, tend to get face to face meetings with people really and then engage with learners at the assessment centre. We're desperate to explore new avenues, which is why I'm sat here today. Hopefully, you know, we'll get some a bit more information out there. It's just another outlet for us, you know, it's another option to explore and see what happens. So please listen when we do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's best to cover all bases, isn't it? I mean, you can have a thousand different ways of talking to someone, but you won't listen to this one way and I'll cover that. Cover it. So, what would something be that you want to achieve by the end of 2020? Like, what's your ultimate goal of the 2020 year? So, Currently, we're the largest local authority provider of apprenticeships in the country. Um, I think what I'd love to get there is this training provider. Um, now, don't get me wrong, there's colleges out there who deal in the hundreds of thousands. Um, at the same time, though, I just want to raise our profile from across the northeast. Um, we need to get information out there to businesses who just aren't aware that we, we do what we do. No, we've got about 450, 470 learners on the programme currently, which is fantastic in terms of you know numbers and support that we're providing. But if anything, I'll just want to grow the service that little bit more. We are really good at what we do, and it's just making people aware of that. And our current businesses or learners that we work with back that up. It's just like wanting to get out there and we do, do what we do, basically. We do fantastic work, and look at the end of the day, we're a local authority training provider, so the motivation is very much in the right place, you know. We're not for profit, even like hard to reach learners or looked after children quite a lot so I guess you could kind of explain it as being like a, a really unknown artist art amazing everything it's it's amazing it sells well most people don't know about the fact that you're artists I think a lot of people dealt with apprentices in the past have either had fantastic experience and are willing to explore it more and massively let down um, are willing to look at it in any way shape or form whether that be for current staff members or taken on you so it's just understanding and getting the message that we've changed and it's fun we've got providers out there who do this for the right reasons you know unfortunately there are commercial outlets who you know provide apprenticeships to make money from um, and you know but to be careful that as an employer you're working with a provider who has your intentions as you know best intentions at heart um, and we will absolutely look after people, but we need to make sure that we're getting the message out there as much. Ah, I totally agree, and that's absolutely lovely, guys. So that has been it for this ITC podcast. If you have any feedback or if you'd like to mention anything on the podcast or ask any questions, leave a comment on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you can, with the hashtag ITC official podcast. That's all. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.